Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. Today's episode, we'll be looking at something a bit different from the usual review that I do for you guys, and it is the Marvel Cinematic Universe series that has been released through Disney Plus and has had all of us Marvel fans and just pretty much anyone who's into the streaming service at the moment hooked and interested, and that is WandaVision. Now, like I just said, obviously we are a film podcast, but I do acknowledge that WandaVision is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it's a serialised piece of storytelling. So I have decided to review this episode just because, not just also, not jumping on the bandwagon, but because I genuinely think it's worth noting as a piece of the cinematic universe that Marvel have created. And also, it'll connect nicely to anything that we might experience in Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, and also for Captain Marvel 2 as well, which I will get to in a moment. But just a little thing here, guys. If you haven't seen WandaVision, if you haven't seen any of the episodes yet, you might want to not listen to this just yet. Pause the episode, watch WandaVision, and come back, because this is going to be an all-spoiler-out episode. I should be discussing spoilers here. You've had your warning. And yeah, I'm basically just going to go through each episode and basically sort of discuss and summarise what I thought about it, tell you a little bit about it. Obviously, if anyone's not interested in watching it but wants to know about it, then I will tell you a little bit about it now. But also, guys, before we continue, remember to keep following us on social media on our Instagram, so at take underscore 97 podcast, and on Twitter at take 97 podcast, where we will be sharing all our updates, different content, visual, tweet, the lot. And if you want to give out your opinions on any of the episodes, give any feedback or anything like that, please do, because it's always appreciated. And remember to share and subscribe now, on to WandaVision. So, the basic premise of this is WandaVision is set three weeks after the events of Avengers Endgame, the three-hour-long epic masterpiece by the Russo brothers that concluded Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Infinity Saga, as it has become known. Uh, and WandaVision, as you can tell, the title of the series, it's a merger of two characters' names that we know and love already. So Wanda, Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and then Vision, or The Vision, as played by Paul Bessany. Because obviously we've already experienced that they are potential and long-term love interests through the likes of we've seen like the seeds grow at the beginning of vision's inception in age of ultron and how they began to get a bit closer as the time went on especially even though they went against each other in civil war in captain america civil war then we basically start to see them become closer and especially in that moment where they decide to run away and retreat away from everything that they know to hide away from tony and cap and everything like that and we catch up with them in scotland in the beginning of avengers infinity war and obviously we know everybody if you haven't seen these films spoiler alert again basically vision dies <laughs> and elizabeth olsen's wanda maximoff is heartbroken uh, and we get to this stage where it's very much a case of the love is lost and she's heartbroken by the entire chain of events that has taken place uh, obviously she gets a bit of revenge on thanos in endgame but wandavision it really confuses us because we really start to think hmm vision's back but how can vision be back because vision is dead 
How did he come back? And obviously that's one of the big questions which gets asked throughout the entire series by all of us up until the episode that went out last week as of the recording of this episode when the finale aired. It genuinely has been quite an interesting ride, I will say. So WandaVision, like I said, it's Wanda Maximoff and Vision. As And the essential premise of it is it's a sitcom <laughs> starring two Avengers. As one of the characters, Jimmy Woo, points out in a late in one of the episodes somebody made it the universe created a sitcom with two avengers and like it's such a marvel line it's so comic booky it's just brilliant this series it's set up each episode or majority of the episodes are set up to be like a traditional uh, sitcom throughout the ages so we have the 1950s sitcom 60s 70s 80s 90s and 2000s and all the way up to like the present day roughly each sort of paying homage to different eras of sitcoms because wanda is in love with sitcoms she loves watching them uh, she loved watching them as a child and also just throughout any time that she felt any sort of pain and torture in her life she turned to sitcoms which I'm, i think lots of people can relate to in this day and age you know you relate to the fact that you need a bit of escapism and sitcoms provided that escapism so we have highlights from the dick van dyke show uh, I Love Lucy, Malcolm in the Middle, Modern Family, uh, Bewitched, the loads that we could mention that I will get onto in a minute. But I'm now going to take you through each episode and sort of give you my highlight and sort of go through what it is and deconstruct my bits that I loved and why I loved them. So episode one is titled Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. Now this is the homage to the 1950s. Uh, it's got a bit of a 60s sort of reference in there as well because the way the episode plays out it is referenced later on as well but the episode actually plays out like the plot of a specific episode of the dick van dyke show which was more of a 60s affair than anything rather than the 50s but the so the plot is very much mirroring the dick van dyke show but it's much more sort of related to i love lucy and the likes of that in the sense that it's about a newlywed couple wander and vision and the other thing as well each episode starts off with a different theme tune I think that the music team behind this are just brilliant. I think it's Chris Beck, Christopher Beck, I want to say his name is, who did the actual score, was great. But the songs that have been created for each of the decades are just amazing. And I'll get to one of my favourite ones as we get to the end of this. Uh, I'm sure everyone's thinking of the same one I'm thinking of. I would say that the thing with episode one, it's very straight. Episode one and two... They were released simultaneously. You could watch them both back to back. They were not your typical Marvel-based thing that you'd expect. They don't sort of relate to the likes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil. They're not even particularly like the CWDC shows. They're not very traditional superhero things. They are literally like episodes from a sitcom, although we do get a few hints towards their superhuman powers then. So Wanda's magic, Vision's ability to fly and fade through walls uh, you know that sort of stuff comes through but we don't really get like it's not a superhero drama it's very much it's a sitcom with two avengers in it and episode one filmed before a live studio audience they actually little thing here they actually filmed it in front of a live studio audience to get that real feel so obviously this was filmed before covid happened so they were able to film it in front of a proper full live audience and it was you know you get that traditional studio audience setup uh, so rather than having pre-recorded 
tinned laughter, canned laughter. You get genuine laughter from the audience that's watching it. It's it's all in black and white. It's presented in 4-3, so Academy ratio, so for the square box with the black bars at the side of the screen. For those of you who don't really know your technical stuff, it's so it's a square frame, and it's done very statically. It's shot very statically, and I love the technical details that are applied to these. The same thing can be said for the likes of the 60s episode the 60s episode goes a little bit extra because we go out onto locate into sort of locations outside of the house so it's a little less studio based in a way but like i said it's in black and white and it's shot very statically it's all about wonder and vision making a dinner for vision's boss the heart so mr and mrs heart and all the hijinks that they get up to trying to hide their secret powers from their nosy neighbor Agnes, who we meet early on, played by the amazing Catherine Hahn. She's a brilliant actress, and we'll get more onto her role in WandaVision very soon, um, later on in the plot. But she's a great nosy neighbour character, very traditional to the stereotypical sitcom setup. Um, but what, one sort of highlight I would say from episode one is, although, yeah, it's all very conventional, we get this nice moment where Mr. Hart starts choking on some food. And before Vision uses his powers and takes the food out of his throat and you know phases through him and saves his life we have mrs hart just repeating going stop it stop it stop it and laughing at the same time uncomfortably and then the camera actually changes although we're still in the square frame we change to this moment where it's like a slant a dutch tilt slanted angle where we zoom in to wander and she's like vision do something and then they sort it and then nothing's ever said about it again and they literally just leave the the hearts leave and that is probably the weirdest and most sort of oh what's going on here kind of moment and i love the technical sort of shift from the static camera that you have in a in a 1950s sitcom or studio drama right up to mixing it in with that slanted angle making it slightly weird and slightly unusual and also with a few vibes of the twilight zone the actual the creators behind this have actually said they cite the twilight zone very much as one of their top citations for a lot of the episodes not just the early black and white ones but yeah so and then there's an interesting each most of the episodes within the sitcom universe uh, they have a advert which has a few easter eggs in there the advert for episode one particularly for me really interested me because it's a toast mate uh, it's a toaster and it's a, you know you think oh this is not really that interesting uh, but it's made by stark industries so obviously a reference to tony stark and it's the one thing that i noticed straight away some people didn't get this straight away but i did there's a red blinking bulb on the toast mate and i thought mm, that means something and i couldn't think of what it meant but it does become more relevant later on as we get into the series very eerie very creepy and at first you think what the hell are these adverts for um, some of the adverts i think for stand out to me more than others but the others are more callbacks to previous events in the mcu the avengers wonder herself vision the lot and before I move on to sort of talking about the next episode briefly, the episode one song title, A Newlywed Couple, the song theme tune, it's such an idyllic, lovely, cheesy sitcom song that gets you in the mood. And you'll find yourself singing it as you go along around the minute you listen to it, I guarantee. But I think the next one for episode two is even better. So episode two is called Don't Touch That Dial. And this is set in the 1960s. And for me, my personal highlight for this episode was the title sequence, which is very reminiscent of the TV show Bewitched, because they literally did 
exactly. They did a One Division styled bewitched cartoon 2D animation based title sequence. And I think the song is even more catchy than the first. I think it's up there with like my top ones in all of the theme songs that they created, especially for this show. The song for Don't Touch That Dial, it genuinely is a delight to <laughs> to sort of just hum to yourself. You'll find yourself humming it as you go around everywhere. So in episode two, we then get to see a bit more weird stuff going on. So I mentioned Mrs. Hart and Mr. Hart going a bit weird and before Vision stops him from choking we then get this moment in so the 1960s the styles change the hairstyles change but it's still four three aspect ratio it's still black and white um, but there's a few subtle differences in the production design and like the costume design and styling and stuff but we do get this lovely moment so wanda goes to this like i don't know i think it's like a a, a women's like sunday group or something like that a little club like little club or something for the local townspeople of Westview and we get to hear this on the radio we suddenly hear this voice going Wanda can you hear me Wanda who's doing this to you and I genuinely like I again when I watch this I didn't watch any of the other MCU films to sort of prep me for this I just went in with it I wanted to just go in completely blind and just see what I saw for what it was and I didn't realize who the voice was but I did recognize the voice and obviously I will say now it did later become clear that it was Jimmy Woo the FBI agent who appeared later on in so in the MCU movies he appeared in Ant-Man uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp specifically where he kept Scott Lang under house arrest and he was in charge of keeping him inside in quarantine following the Sokovia Accords being broken and all that stuff going on in Civil War. Uh, so we got a nice little side character in there. He was quite comical and a bit dumbfounded in that one, but I think he really comes into his own in the show. Like, genuinely, I, lo I love Jimmy Woo in this. He's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Episode 2, so don't touch that dial. Bewitched references, very well, very good. And the episode essentially just follows Wonder and Vision putting, like, a performance together a magic act for the town for a local talent show type thing to raise money or something for the children uh, which has serious hot fuzz vibes to me like the greater good or for the children they just keep saying for the children it's very ominous and very creepy but considering i have a theory about that later on when it comes to it because obviously you guys will know by the end of this episode wanda becomes pregnant all of a sudden, within because at the beginning of the episode, we see this really cliche, like they've got two separate beds and Wanda with her magic makes them come together and then they go under the cover suspiciously and to get down to some some sort of business. Like, it's really corny. It's really corny in the way they do it, but like classic sitcom style. So that's sort of the byproduct of that. But obviously the pregnancy is accelerated to about, I think, about three months pregnant, maybe? Something like that in very in such a short space of time. Uh, so she's pregnant with the twins. Uh, they She eventually gives birth to twins in the next episode, who are named Tommy and Billy. And I feel like the reference for for the children, I think that that is a reference to what they're doing is, like what Wanda's doing in this world is for the children. Now, obviously, at this point, we still don't know what is going on, because obviously, why are, the, why are Wanda and Vision in a sitcom universe? What's going on? Has someone trapped Wanda there? Have they resurrected Vision? What's going on? Is it Wanda's doing? I mean, I initially thought maybe it was Wanda because of her grief of losing Vision and everything else that went on, but specifically Vision. This would turn out to be right, obviously, for those of you who watched. The end of episode two, to lead into episode three, was another highlight, I would say, is the moment when, when the beekeeper comes up out of a 
manhole uh, and he he's there in the black and white world and wanders just like no and then there's a like rewind almost like a videotape and then we cut back to them being inside vision and wanda talking about her being pregnant and then there's this magical moment where everything turns into color and everything around them changes and then that leads us nicely into episode three which is the 1970s episode which is actually literally called now in color and throughout that episode we experience the pregnancy accelerating dramatically and we get introduced a little bit more to a character we met earlier called Geraldine who actually is Monica Rambo, the daughter of Maria Rambo from Captain Marvel obviously she was we did meet Monica when she was a kid in Captain Marvel because it was set in the 90s and I think the thing with WandaVision, the one thing I loved about it, was basically that we got this nice little bridge. So it set three weeks after Endgame. And I think it was quite nice that we got to see a little bit more because we got it with Spider-Man Far From Home. We got to see the sort of consequences of people coming back from what was known as the blip then. So when everyone faded from reality and Thanos got rid of half of the universe, I really like the fact that we get another perspective and we get this nice little linking tissue like the MCU likes to give us. Um, we get reintroduced to Monica Rambeau as an older sword agent who is obviously she just, we get a nice recap in the ne in episode four. Episode four for me, so episode, I think episodes one and two for me were quite good as sitcom episodes with a few strange moments of the wonder can you hear me the beekeeper moment and the moment with mr and mrs hart they were sort of the only weird moments the rest of it was literally just like oh we've just put wonder and vision in a sitcom episode three it starts to change things up a bit things get a bit weird and a bit stranger by the minute we have the next door neighbor i think his name's herb i think uh, and agnes discussing alluding to the fact that Wanda might be behind all this and Wanda's in charge and oh, she won't let us go kind of thing like they're prisoners in Wanda's domain. Again, it's comical. It uses traits from the 70s sitcoms. I mean, this one is much more of a stereotypical, just general 70s episode. But the premise with this one, obviously we get to see the birth of the twins, Tommy and Billy, and Geraldine or Monica helps her give birth to those and she gets banished because she mentions Ultron. And that and that's the moment you realise that ooh, Wanda's in control. I think episode three for most people is the moment where people realised, oh my god, yeah, this is what we really wanted to see, the action, the intensity. But the only thing with each of these episodes is is the first so many episodes, I think the first six episodes, they're all half an hour long. And we don't really get a longer episode until around about well, maybe episode six is a bit longer, possibly like by five minutes. But then until episode seven and especially episode nine, which was 50 minutes, I, I just feel like we got this lovely, gradual, slow thing. I mean, for people who like to binge watch this, they will love just going boom, watch it in one go. But the fact that Disney Plus decided to release this weekly and you had to wait each week, I kind of like the return to the classic format of that way television is released and has been released in the past uh, and it's nice not to binge it. I think some programs are more suited to binge worthy stuff than others. Uh, I think it definitely built suspense and that definitely is true for like the cliffhangers. So for instance the cliffhanger at the end of episode two where we see this beekeeper which we later learn is a sword agent uh, who has just been transformed into looking like a beekeeper because of Wanda's world. We get to see that Wanda is at the center of this epi this whole the hex as it's known which because it's in a hexagonal shape around the town of westview and 
whilst the first three episodes very much set that old oh, sitcom universe is this we do at the end of episode one see someone watching the episode and we do see who that is eventually and then we get so obviously monica rambo gets banished uh, obviously we think she's geraldine but we learn who she is in episode four uh, which is much more of a recap as if to say so we watch the the in universe sitcom episodes and then episode four is a nice recap episode in my opinion i think i don't know i didn't mind it because i like the connection to the mcu with the blip and maria dying that was very sad very tragic and also a nice linkage to captain marvel and the wider mcu but i do think that episode four was great to sort of introduce us to what's actually going on outside of the sitcom universe but the, and we got to see little repeated clips as well we get to meet darcy lewis who originally starred in thor and thor the dark world since the events of those films she has progressed on and gained more qualifications and she's become a bit more of an expert in the scientific field of things uh, and she's on hand with the sword agents here and then we also get to see fbi agent jimmy woo who, like I said, appeared in Ant-Man and the Wasp as Scott Lang's detainment officer. Uh, and he is, uh, I think it's Brandall Park, I think his name is. It's just a, he's a great actor. Jimmy Woo is just a, I think we could have a Jimmy Woo series. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Woo uh, teams up with Monica Rambeau to discover what's going on in Westview. And we see how Monica ends up in the world of Wanda. And we actually get to see, there's sometimes, because I didn't notice... Um, monica until we got to the second episode when she was like right there in front of us but she was actually in the first episode as like a kind of a background character kind of in a brief moment in the background of, of it and the early like the beginnings of the 60s episode but like she was there and i find the title of this episode very yeah very interesting i love the fact that it's called we interrupt this program because quite literally we're getting used to the sitcom style of things but it's an interruption with mcu stuff and i i just think it's great and then i love how we come full circle we get pulled out of the universe in the world that wanda has clearly created because she banishes monica out of the hex and we see that obviously we see that love that shot again a repeat of her going it was wanda it was wanda that did it and oh like she's like a serious villain almost it's very very cool to see and then episode five I think episodes five and six are probably my sort of ultimate favourite. I don't know, back to the sitcom style of things then. Because we now start going between the two universes. So we start going between the Hex, the Wanda's Hex world, so the sitcom universe that she's created. But again, at this stage, we don't really know. And then the outside world of what's going on with Monica Rambeau, Jimmy Woo, Darcy Lewis, and also um, Swords director Tyler Haywood. At this point, obviously, there was that whole misdirection. I love the misdirection that we got a little bit of with Tyler Haywood saying, and producing some fake footage as well of Wanda stealing Vision's body. And that's how Vision lives in the hex, because she stole his body, put it back together and resurrected him because she's got some sort of connection to the Mind Stone. So she managed to bring him back with a fake Mind Stone, kind of. But, you know, that was a thing that I thought at the time. But then when things got to the end, I was like, whoa like madness uh, i would say for me on a very special episode was it was an average episode until the end of it so on a very special episode was the 1980s early 1990s one so we've got references to family ties full house as the sitcom references different theme song again making up as we go along i think that was brilliant because it's kind of like they're making it up 
she is making it up as she goes along. Wanda is making up this world from scratch, and it's kind of a good metaphor for like what she's doing in the world. Tonally, I think overall, the first two episodes are very similar, even though they're different decades, and you have to persevere with them. Episode three is where things start to get a bit different, uh, and then blending into episode four, where you're fully into the MCU. Whereas um, I think episodes five and six were brilliant because they went back and forth. So episode five on a very special episode, it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like the events in this episode were kind of menial because you see the kids age up and they become 10, I think. They grow, so you can't have a dog. There's a dog, a stray dog. They won't be allowed a dog until they're older. Oh, whoop they grow up straight away because that's the way the world works in WandaVision. And it's quite funny, actually, because this is where I started to suspect Agnes even more. Because Agnes was always the weird, like, nosy neighbour, but I thought she's got to be someone significant because why does she keep coming in? Because everyone else has some sort of, like, backstory or, like, connection to other characters within the sitcom world. But apart from Agnes's husband, Ralph, who she keeps referencing, Agnes is always really, like, on the outskirts, but she's always there. And I think that, you know, we've on a very special episode, you get to see, oh, maybe she's just a normal person because, you know, um, the dog who gets named Sparky ends up dying and Agnes brings the dog to them and the kids are very sad. And then we start getting to this point where your mum's magical, Wanda is magical and she can bring him back to life. But then she goes, no, you have to deal with the death. And that's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of going back on what she ends up doing because she ultimately Wanda has created this world out of her own raw sadness for the death of Vision and she brought Vision back but she's then sort of trying to teach values into her kids so bring them into this world of you know this is life death happens but she kind of broke that rule because she brought Vision back and obviously the dog gets killed suspiciously and everything's sort of a bit tense. Vision starts questioning people, thinking, "How? what's going on? He's getting suspicious as well. He did get a bit suspicious earlier on, but then he gets his mind sort of wiped a little bit by Wanda. And then they start to fight, they levitate, and I'm like, oh yes, fight time, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be like showdown, Wanda versus Vision. And then there's a knock on the door. I honestly, genuinely, when I saw the back of the head, don't ask me why, but on the back of the head I thought, it looks like Hank Pym. Because <laughs> the shape of the hair looked like Michael Douglas, but it wasn't. It was it was Evan Peters. Uh, Evan Peters from the X-Men films, the Quicksilver from the X-Men films. And I'm very disappointed, so we're going to jump ahead. So it when it's all discovers, you know, the world is created by Wanda out of the chaos magic. So something that's called chaos magic, who for those of you comic book fans out there, you'll know what that is. Um, I'm only really familiar with it from this show now, but it's a very strong, powerful type of magic which is referenced a lot in the comic books. I know a friend of mine's told me a lot about it, but I would say with WandaVision, she's a genuinely powerful being and she explodes, she creates this world, she resurrects Vision, but she tries to sort of live in this world where she's like, she thinks everyone's happy. She doesn't want everyone to be sad. It's almost like at the time I thought she brought back because Darcy Lewis, who's looking on the monitor outside the hex, is monitoring the broadcast of the sitcom and she goes you recast Pietro and so her brother Pietro Maximoff comes back in the form of Evan Peters so not Aaron Taylor Johnson 
who played Quicksilver in the Age of Ultron uh, film in the MCU. But we do get a reference to that because in the Halloween episode, so the next episode, the all-new Halloween spooktacular, we do get a moment where we see Evan Peters as Quicksilver in his like just normal costume with bullet holes shot through him like the actual Quicksilver. And it's very weird because he's Pietro and it's very strange. For me, obviously, she created this world and the his inclusion was kind of down to Agnes, who we will discover something a bit more about when I sort of talk to you a bit about what I loved about the character of Agnes, Catherine Hahn. But they wasted Pietro. They wasted him. Like, he's... I thought this is going to be a connection to the multiverse when he came through. I was like, whoa. They're, like, because obviously we've already been told that Elizabeth Olsen will be included in the Doctor Strange sequel, Multiverse of Madness. And oh, this is going to be a direct lead up to it. I was like, oh my God, she's expanded. She's broken the barriers of space and time to like breach the multiverse and bringing people from different universes in. I thought this is going to be multiverse. But then when we got to the finale, obviously, I, I didn't really, I didn't understand. They So Ralph, the husband of Agnes, turned out to be Pietro. But it wasn't Pietro. His name was Ralph Boner. And he got wasted. Evan Peters got wasted on a Boner joke. Like, I cannot tell you how disappointed I was by that. Like, I'm not a big, massive X-Men fan, but when I sort of got into it, I was like, you know, this is going to be cool, multiverse stuff, but they they completely waste them. They made great characters, like, they've expanded stuff of Monica Rambo, Jimmy Woo, Darcy Lewis a bit, really great additions, great team. But then Pietro, I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to come into the MCU now, but no. But yeah, I, I, I just, like, I was a bit disappointed. I loved it. I was really shocked when he came on the screen and obviously the moments where in episode six, where he insults Wanda and she literally pushes him aside and you're like, whoa. <laughs> episode episode six, again, like I said, late 1990s, early 2000s, that one. Uh, we get Halloween costumes and the most comic booky looking costume you'll ever get is Elizabeth Olsen dressed in a Scarlet Witch outfit. And although she's never been called Scarlet Witch officially on screen, it was really, really cool to see her in that classic i've only ever seen a few pictures so i thought well that's quite retro so and also vision dressed in like a, a retro type comic book accurate semi accurate costume and i really loved that and obviously vision delves deeper into the secrets of everything in the in the world that he's living in tries to get out but fails and that's because ultimately we know that he's part of the world and i i loved wandavision overall it was great from the start so i loved the sitcom references i loved everything like the aspect ratio changes to fit the era i was confused at one point when they didn't do the academy ratio for the 80s episode but then they said uh, late 80s early 90s and obviously i think some shows did have a widescreen and i think they wanted to cut away from things always being square for the majority of the program because i think they want to maintain the audience i think um but i would say that ultimately the most fun episodes i think the earliest ones with the sitcom ones were really good the 60s and 50s ones really good dick van dyke references on point the halloween episode is where it's i think where the metaphorical hits the fan really and you experience wanda losing it expanding the hex and there's a showdown between Wanda and Tyler Haywood outside of the Hex in episode 5. We get to see these moments where S.W.O.R.D. are trying to infiltrate the Hex. Then it leads us into episode 7, which, to sum it up perfectly and shortly, it's inspired by, like, it's a mockumentary-style one. It's modern family-inspired. The song WV2000. It's a bit weird because Vision isn't there in the house. It literally follows directly on after the events of episode 6, and yet it's set in a different era. 
and it really is very strange to see like the mockumentary style i think mockumentary style actually suits vision paul bettany's vision to a t and i think vision and darcy lewis should have their own like forget wander and vision like darcy vision that'd be great that i'd love to see that <laughs> and then but episode seven is my main favorite vision and darcy are at this circus which was originally the sword base transformed into circus clouds and circus arena and they tried to escape the hex trying to find out what's going on uh, and then we get this big reveal at the end with a really catchy song stating that it was agatha all along and it was agatha all along dun, 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 dun. <laughs> i love that and that is agatha harkness so agnes was actually someone a witch called agatha harkness and in episode eight we get a lovely backstory it's very filmic it's a previously on it's another recap a bit like episode four so we get a backstory for agatha harkness who she is her origins we go back to salem 1693 it's a very big like we go back in time it's such a good move because i'm i'm not sick and tired of like non-time jumping things and just keeping in the present but the closest we really got was obviously you got captain america set in the 40s but and um, we've also got the likes of black panther we have that 90s flashback but i do think that going way back in time and installing magic in as part of the mcu beyond doctor strange was just a brilliant move and agatha for me is my favorite character in wandavision like i love wanda and vision and wanda's great especially when she becomes the scarlet witch in that final fight in the finale episode between Agatha and her, where she beats the hell out of her, she casts runes, and it means she's the only one who can cast magic. I just there's so much to unpack in this, like so much I could just talk to you about if you haven't seen it and just telling you the story. But I love the fact that you know the Agatha song is is partly inspired by the Adams Family song and also the Munsters. If it wasn't. I just, it's such a catchy song. Uh, but yeah, episode eight then, like I said, it's a previously on. We basically go through the MCU's greatest hits, really. We see Wanda's backstory. Essentially, one that whole episode is the Scarlet Witch film. This whole series, WandaVision, is the Scarlet Witch solo movie that we're never going to get. But we're going to get it, and it's in serialized format. And we get to see all the little bits in between the big moments that we see in the MCU. So we get to see the experiments that she took part in with Strucker uh, with Hydra and we get to see her life as a kid and why she loves sitcoms so she loves sitcoms as a child and we actually the thing I meant to mention the toast made Stark Industries one with a flashing red light is just like the bomb that crashes into the Maximoff's apartment in Sokovia and it's you know little details like that, that I'm like that's just like that it was like and basically previously on gives us like this is how it happened this is how scarlet witch came to be and then we get to see how she resurrected vision by creating her own vision within her world through her chaos magic and her, through her grief that she had for the death of vision and there's a lovely scene i have to say elizabeth olsen does a brilliant job throughout the majority of this uh, series as a brilliant standout actress up with katherine hahn i would say but her definitely there's a lovely tender moment where she goes to Westview and clearly before the events of Infinity War, Vision had purchased the deeds for the foundations for a house that they were going to live together. And she's got a little deed, the deeds for the house that say where we can grow old together. And it's in red pen signed with V. And oh, I, I just got really emo like I got emotional watching that. That was such a oh, such a moment. But yeah, and then the series finale sort of cements the 
Tyler Haywood was just trying to get vision like he created a white vision and at f- first I thought maybe fake vision like vision from Wanda's world and the remains of actual vision which weren't stolen by Wanda are going to merge together um that kind of didn't happen it kind of did and it didn't so Westview vision has given the white vision or vision point two the knowledge and the memories and the emotions to be what he used to be and he goes I am vision and then he goes and we I don't know where he's gone like we need to see that's the next stage of it and then as for the end credit scenes i loved the captain marvel 2 setup with monica rambo and like i said this is three weeks after the events of endgame spider-man far from home is set six months after endgame so it seems to reason that when we saw nick fury in that end credit scene in um far from home in space with the scrolls there's all this stuff building up and building 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 and obviously i think Monica Rambo is going to get back into action properly. Now she's got superpowers as well. She's going to join Nick Fury, Captain Marvel, and she's going to continue her mum's legacy in the next Captain Marvel film. That was a really nice, sweet little scene. I really enjoyed that. It was brilliant. But I would say the end one, although, yeah, I was disappointed by the end credit scene because I genuinely thought that we would, because there was rumours that we'd get a cameo. And now... I've actually learned since then that it was all pretty much pure speculation on the media's part. I was looking forward to Doctor Strange appearing in, in it and being like, oh, I can teach you your how to control your chaos magic, Wanda. But yeah, I just, I was disappointed. I mean, we got to see the astral Wanda projecting an astral form in her Scarlet Witch outfit that she claimed beautifully in that final battle with Agatha Harkness, where she, obviously Agatha as well. I had a theory that Agatha was going to live and she has lived. And I think she might come back. I think. I have a theory she's going to come back in Doctor Strange in some way. She'll be awakened by Doctor Strange, maybe. And then she'll probably go on to cause chaos. But it's kind of like the best kind of worst scenario. You need to bring back Agatha to help bring Wanda down kind of thing. Because I think um, Wanda's meant to be like the villain of the next film or something, possibly. Especially because she's out there on her own. She doesn't care what she's done. Although she's still remorseful for what she did to the town of Westview enslaving them basically into her own fantasy but yeah the moments where she lost vision at the end of the episode were very touching and sad and obviously her boys are dead or gone and then we see we hear their voices and that was good but I kind of felt she flew off into the sky and I felt a bit underwhelmed not gonna lie I felt a bit underwhelmed by it so I expected more we got the vision on vision battle we got agatha versus scarlet witch but i think it was and a lovely moment where darcy just crushes haywood and be like yeah van into him the actual ending itself i was disappointed by i i liked the series as a whole and if i wasn't sort of too hyped up about the cameo i might have actually preferred it like more would have enjoyed it more but at the same time i think it was kind of a bit it needed something more so overall i give one division a good I'd say four out of five stars because I thought it was fun. I thought it was different. It was zany. There was some brilliant emotional moments, brilliant high moments as well. I just, I loved it. It was brilliant. And the era changing stuff, it was fantastic. Elizabeth Olsen was my favorite actress uh, next to Catherine Hahn. And Agatha all along will always be stuck in my head. So <laughs> uh, that's just it for today's episode, really, guys. As Agnes says when she's Agnes, 
it was a gas or to paraphrase <laughs> right guys i'm gonna leave you to it now so thank you for listening i hope you've enjoyed um if you'd like me to do more cinematic based tv series stuff let me know i'm considering the mandalorian at the moment but we'll see how that goes uh i'm looking forward to bringing you some more episodes soon i'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode guys and thank you very much for listening and obviously i know i've sort of rambled on talking about the plot points and stuff i loved but this is just a general discussion podcast and that's why i like to sort of bring out the opinions so if anybody liked it or didn't like it let me know so Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to me ramble on. And I hope you to see you soon. That's a wrap on the WandaVision episode. And I shall see you next time. Catch you later, guys. Bye-bye.